So the essence of the Diamond Sutra is very, very simple. Be alert and notice that flow is the essence of reality. Flow is the essence of reality. Even our relationship to awareness is flowing. Everything is flowing. There is nothing static. So, very simple. So every idea we have, every concept we have, is changing, unpin-downable. And this is not something new, this is not some Buddhist truth, or theme, or trope, or theme, or idea. It is simply a recognition of the way things are. And the reason this sutra is called the diamond which cuts through delusion, the diamond cutter of doubt, is because everything else can be opened up with this one reality, this one truth. Everything is flowing. And flowing, of course, as the Diamond Sutra keeps saying, is just an idea. That flowing is a metacognitive uh, assessment that we have put on top of reality, calling it flowing. And as the Diamond Sutra says, that the fundamental truth is even before the notion of flowing. That flowing is a concept, an idea, a word, a phrase. But the direct, vivid experience is before words. It can't be put in a box. So when we are in accord with the way things are, when we are in accord, when we are in harmony with, when we are aligned with the way things are, we meet and respond to circumstances as they arise. Actually, there is a meeting and a response which is simultaneously not two things. Something happens and there's a response to it. There's not two things. They happen simultaneously if we're looking carefully at this moment. When we're responding and watching that immediate response of reality responding to reality, of flow responding to flow, instead of our small-minded kind of conceptual delusive opinions, then there is a natural ease. The autumn leaves are falling. And they're falling perfectly. They will fall even more very soon. And when we meet them as they are, with a flexible response, because the circumstances the leaves are falling in is different, Sometimes we rake them, and sometimes we burn them, and sometimes we watch them, and sometimes we collect them, sometimes we ignore them, sometimes we play in them, etc. The way our information operating system works is to try to combine, delineate, describe things. It's useful. 
It's very nice to know what size clothing you're wearing. It's very nice to know how to navigate to the store. It's useful. But when the mind sees these general patterns, here's a general pattern of who I think I am, the bits and pieces that I call me, the, the sensations of the hand, the flickers of the thought, the emotions, the feeling of the body, the body moving as it breathes, and then the mind puts it all together as a package and says, oh, that's obviously a thing. That general pattern, that gestalt, that array, that template, that overview, that's true. That's me. And when we mistake these operational definitions for reality, then instead of creatively responding to the natural flow and having the natural flow respond appropriately to the natural flow, we have this idea and we are bouncing off it. We freeze ourself or our friends or our society. We freeze it into constrained, constructed ideas. And then once we have frozen something into a constrained or constructed idea like autumn as a thing, autumn is not a thing, can't find autumn, or leaves, there's a million different kinds of leaves, a million different leaves. The idea of leaves is a a mental construct. And then we start applying all the shoulds to it, all the ways of controlling, dealing with it. Instead of having a flexible, flowing response. The number one place that the Diamond Sutra says that we have to look at is this idea of me, I, self, myself. So right now, sitting right here, hearing these words, notice your thoughts. Notice how quickly they change. Or if your mind is calm and still, and thoughts bubble up, they bubble up instantly out of nowhere. Just look at your thoughts. How many thoughts have you had in the last minute? And do they stop? And we can't hold on to a single thought. They all self-liberate. They all instantly disappear. And sometimes we repeat them over and over and over again. We think we're having the same thought, but we're actually repeating something over and over again, and each iteration is different. And the thoughts have no location. Where are these thoughts? Where's the experiential? What can I experientially contact these thoughts. Nowhere. Just check for yourself. Look at the nature of thought. Flickering, impermanent, arising from nowhere, lasting for no time. You say the word one, if you think one, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. How long is the present moment? How long is that moment which has no beginning or end? faster than the mind can conceive. 
And then we have our emotions. In a way, thoughts are the, the best and the fastest and the quickest. If you want to really see impermanence, that's you look there and you see it instantly. Emotions are a little slower in some ways. And so we are feeling tired, relaxed, tense, impatient, bored, happy, irritated, at ease, energetic. And it seems to be more like a, a wave, more like a, a surge. Seems to be lasting longer. But if you're watching emotion, it flickers too. It changes constantly. You're feeling one way right now, and in a few minutes there'll be dinner and you'll feel differently. In a few minutes there'll be something else and you'll feel differently. The emotions are constantly changing. Like it, don't like it, easy, hard, good, bad, cold, hot. The way it is. Nothing wrong. But we mistake a sensation, an emotional sensation. We put a story on it. And we think, ah, that's it. And then we look at the body, which moves even slower still in some ways. And the body has a feeling of weight in the face, for example. And the emotion, the, the emotions feel tired. And the mind gets on a story of, oh, I'm tired. Nobody has ever been this tired. I am so tired. You know, I am. And then the story begins. And then we have to solve the problem that we just made up. Thoughts flicker, emotions are surging, the body is morphing from state to state. And the conceptual mind, instead of just being aware, or the mind, instead of being aware of this flow, constant flow, perhaps at different rates, perhaps not, this, instead of being aware of this constant flow, we seize on it, say there's an idea, I am, I am always like this, this always happens to me. And then we have to solve the problem that we had just discovered, created. So it is natural for our information processing system to, to lump, to put things together in categories. That's just the way the, the mind works. makes it much easier to know whether you're breaking an egg or a jar. But when we think that fixated idea, and the Diamond Sutra basically says it's not fixated. It's never been fixated. Don't think that it's fixated. So he says, in the beginning, you know, how should a bodhisattva work with their thoughts? Well, not only you have the basic intention of being, doing of compassion, which is a little different issue, but then he says, no idea, no concept, no belief that there is a person here, a person, a state, a thing, or if there's just fluidity here, there's just fluidity there, outside. 
So when we have the idea that we are fixed, or we have the idea that there are fixed beings out there, immediately, we have more problems than we know what to do with. So that's all the Diamond Sutra is saying. Basically, it says it over and over and over again. We're not fixed. People are not fixed. Situations are not fixed. The 32 marks of the, the body are not fixed. They're not fixed representations. They're not fixed indicators of the state of mind that is constantly flowing. So, in essence, we're sitting here and the essential practices have your fundamental fundamental awareness, your fundamental method, generally body is body, fundamental method of feeling the body moving as it is being breathed. You're not doing the breathing, you're being breathed, at the very least by the you know, autonomic nervous system but perhaps by something even more fundamental than that. And watch it change. Watch even our relationship to change change. And see, we're never stuck. We feel tired and miserable and our back aches. Yeah, okay, that happens. And it's not, we're not that way, it will change. Will flow. And essentially, all of the the talks, reminders are simply reminders to say, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. Not to, here's a thing and I want to improve it, I want to get rid of it, I want to make it better. Pay attention to the fundamental reality of it's already unpinned downable. Now, if we're, for some people this is just old, old truisms, but some people, most of us, we get caught. And some, a few words that are a sign that we've gotten caught, should, if only, would be better if, reality would be better if it agreed with me. All those people and things out there, they're doing whatever they do. If they just did it my way, the world would be so much better and happier. Why aren't they all doing it my way? Silly. But then we apply that to the social ills of the world. Interesting. Here's what Eckhart Tolle says. The human mind in its desire to know, understand, and control, mistakes its opinions and viewpoints for the truth. The mind says, this is how it is. You have to be larger than thought to realize that however you interpret your life, or someone else's life, or behavior, however you judge any situation, is simply a temporary viewpoint. 
one of many possible perspectives. It is no more than a bundle of thoughts. But reality is one unified whole in which all things are interwoven, where nothing exists in and by itself. Thinking fragments reality. It cuts it up into conceptual bits and pieces. Thinking, when we are caught by the concepts and the, we mistake the, the tool, the utility of thinking for reality, we cause waves where there is no wind, as it says in one of the koans. So thinking is a tool, and it's not a means to wisdom. Thinking is a tool, and it's not the way we get become compassionate. Sometimes we sit down and say, Shannon, we, we want to think our way into some state. We want to think our way into enlightenment. We want to think our way into being compassionate. We want to think our way into doing it right. We want to think our way. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. We've all tried it. Some of us, thousands of times. To touch wisdom and compassion is to touch them. And to touch them is to use our full attention in the present moment. To directly experience, directly experience. And right now, of course, we're directly experiencing it. Right now, of course, we're directly experiencing the infinite flow of all things because that is the nature of Reality. Right now, <clears throat> we are directly experiencing the fantasy that there's a perspective from what we're seeing these things. We're directly experiencing it. So the Buddha keeps saying, well, if you understand something, that's great. And yet, that still is an understanding which is not the direct experience which is constantly flowing. So again, observe the way your mind is working right now. Trying to understand, ignoring, falling asleep, grasping, noticing, knowing, not knowing. Watch the mind and watch the mind flicker. We try to concentrate on our fundamental practice, which is an inclusive practice. The, the body as body includes the whole universe. We begin really looking at it directly without conceiving of a body. The reason the Buddha says, and the Diamond Sutra says over and over, is nobody got enlightened, the Buddha didn't get enlightened, is because the, the fundamental awareness experience is always the fundamental awareness and experience. And it's not a matter of recognizing it or not recognizing it. It's not a matter of it suddenly becoming too to into reality and not being in reality. It's always the way things are. And so if we think, oh, now I'm special because I now see the way things are, when everybody sees the way things are. If someone says, as it says in the sutra, I'm now an arahat, 
I'm now a once returner because I know. But everybody knows. Everybody knows things are fluid. Now there is spiritual maturity, which is a little different matter. So the sutra keeps saying over and over again, it's not some place else, it's not some better you, it's not some, some great insight, it's looking directly with the mind at the mind, with awareness at awareness, and seeing <clears throat> that it is endless flow. <clears throat> 